everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 157. And tonight, as of time of this recording, it's actually a few weeks before Christmas, but as time this episode drops, it is the final BSP recording before Christmas. That sounded way more like dramatic than I intended it to. Anyway. <laughs> it's like, it's a huge event. It's almost Christmas, sort of. Yes. Yes. We got about a week. Anyway. Um... Yes, so uh, hi, uh, Merry Pre-Christmas and everything, and um, we wanted to do something Christmassy, but couldn't really figure out what we were going to do that was Christmas-like. So we just decided we would finish up, or get close to finishing up, boy, we're kind of vague about time this time, aren't we? Yeah, we really are. Uh, Yeah, we're going to finally watch something that we've been meaning to watch for the last few months before, you know, the year takes over and suddenly we're a year behind on our movies instead of a few months. So we watched Incredibles 2. Yay! And it was, you know what? I enjoyed it. I really thought it was good. It definitely, I didn't love it as much as the first one, but I think only because the first one was the first one. Right, yes. And there was just so many little individual elements that I loved of this. Like, and okay, now this is something that kind of blew my mind. The character of Evelyn, I loved. Whether, you know, of course, spoilers, she's the bad guy. Um, Whether she was being the good guy or the bad guy, I just thought, you know, the combination of the actress's voice and the way they animated her and her hairstyle and, you know, how she would like gesture emphatically at times, all of it was very pleasing. And I had actually looked up and saw that Catherine Keener, she was in Get Out, which really surprised me. And then I did a little bit more looking around on IMDb, and she was also in Being John Malkovich. Yes, she was. We have definitely seen her before. Did not get that until just tonight. Okay. What I love was the fact that in Get Out, her character was hypnotizing people, which is exactly what she was doing in this movie. So it was just kind of perfect. I like the little... Anybody who knows us knows that as soon as we see a movie we like, we go straight to the IMDb trivia section. Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay, so before we go any further, one, major spoilers for Incredibles 2. And for two... Hang on one second. Ah, there you go. go. What you drinking tonight? It is an Even Keel Session IPA from Ballast Point. And how is it? It tastes like beer. Okay. You know, it's yeah. it's fine. Um, It's also interesting. I come to find it. It's 3.8% alcohol content. So basically, I'm drinking a soda. <laughs> Not really, but kind of. Yeah, you know? That's so, pretty, anyway. pretty low alcohol content. Well, I'm actually having a little bit of warm apple cider with a bit of rum in it because Ooh. of the winter storm that swept North Carolina. It was actually a lot more snow than anyone was expecting. Ooh. I mean, we didn't get any of it out here mm. in the east on North Carolina. But apparently there were places in Raleigh that made their entire winter average of snowfall in one day. And it's not even technically winter yet. So, yeah, this is going to be an interesting uh, season, I think. Did you get any snow there? Uh, We got a little bit of snow, but it was mostly mixed with a lot of sleet. So you would walk outside and everything was just kind of like crunchy slush. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we got some rain here in San Diego. Um, At time of this recording, it happened sometime last week. Um, It was so funny. One, I'm upstairs in our building, and there's a little bit of thunder going on, and we're all giggling like kids because, you know, it's San Diego. And there is this flash of lightning and an immediate crash of thunder. I think a building in downtown got hit. I really It sounds like it, like right next to you guys, at least. But... Here's the idiot that I am. I wore sandals to work that day. And so I'm trying to get 
from the building to the parking structure and every single street is like completely the intersections are completely full of water i can't find a section to hop over i finally end up having to just wade through a puddle and ruin my shoes i get into the parking structure i can see somebody in there and i'm waiting for the elevator and i'm thinking oh they're gonna laugh at me <laughs> and it's this guy he's a bit younger than me he's got this nice suit on he's wearing nice shoes he doesn't have an umbrella he doesn't have a jacket he doesn't have a hat he looks at me he goes I didn't bring anything. And I was like, dude, you have nothing to explain to me. It's fine. Do San Diego residents even have umbrellas? We do, but we just don't think to bring them. Like, they call for rain. And a lot of times we're like, yeah, it may rain. It may not. And so, I don't know. They were calling for a lot of rain. We're like, well, we might get a storm. Oh, we got a storm. We really did. Yeah, that's, yeah, I know. It was pretty crazy. But um, anyway, so back to Incredibles 2. I got to tell you what I loved. So you've got all of these new heroes that were temporarily villains in the movie and they all had these new interesting powers. I love Void's power. She was the one who opened up the little portals. Yes! I (laughs) knew it! I knew she was going to be your favorite because she was my favorite too because it was just like something out of Portal. Oh man! And it was just like the whole fight she got into Violet where Violet puts up the force field and she appears inside the force field. Oh, it was awesome! And then saving Elastigirl in the plane which I was like, I had barely had any fingernails left in that scene. God, that was amazing! I was not expecting it to be quite that nerve-wracking getting her up into the plane with portal powers because obviously she really can only portal to some place that she can see yeah. and when a plane is moving that fast how do you know oh it w- that was boy it was a really well thought out power i really liked that it one. was but i also loved the design on the hypnotism goggles that everyone was wearing because you know Void, she was just so sweet and not really sure of herself, but really kind of thrilled to be around with all these people who have powers. And you put those goggles on and she became menacing. All of them oh, did. Yes. Oh, yeah. Man, just watching Frozone and Elastigirl and Mr. Incredible like walk up to the front of the room and just stand there menacingly. I'm like, yeah, so creepy. Uh, and I actually, all right, so side note, I thought it was really cool that we had Saul was playing the main character, Bob Odenkirk. Mm-hmm. But then the guy who plays the gentleman who mind wipes people, you know who that mm-hmm. was, right? Decker, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was, um, uh, uh, crap. Jonathan Banks, yes. Mike Aaron Trout, yes. <laughs> this is a Breaking Bad reunion on uh, Incredibles 2. Oh, but it was wonderful. But I, I really kind of expected him to end up being like this nice, cool, sweet gentleman and everything and have him end up being the bad guy. I have to admit, I kind of thought the sister was going to be the bad guy from the beginning. I don't know why. Maybe it's because she was so nice. I figured they were going to lead us away from that. But I thought her brother was going to be a bad guy, too. So it was really interesting. And I'm like, no, he's really a nice guy who wants to help people. That's kind of cool. And I thought that was such a layered motivation for Evelyn for being the bad guy. I mean, she talks about the fact that her brother wants to bring supers back because he's got the mentality of a child. You know, mommy Mm -hmm. and daddy went away and all the supers went away. So everything will be better if he brings them back. And yet at the same time, she's kind of got a child's motivation. Her mom and dad, her dad was killed by someone who had nothing to do with supers. But because the supers weren't there, then all of them were to blame. All of them. You know, just get rid of, you know, kill, get rid of every single super. So, yeah, I I like that. The fact that she probably didn't even realize that her motivation was as simplistic as her brother's was. 
Yeah, there's a lot of childhood trauma going on right there. So it was Gazer Beam was one of the people that he was trying to call. Gazer Beam was actually killed, yes. right? Do you suppose that Gazer Beam was dead at the time that her father tried to call him? Very likely. I mean, he would have mm-hmm. gone underground at some point, but I imagine he wouldn't have gotten completely out of contact from, you know, people who would support him as much. So, yeah, I think he probably, you know, Syndrome probably already wiped him out by that point. Yeah, especially since when Mr. Incredible found him in the first movie, he would have been gone for a long time. Yeah. I mean, like years and years, enough to be like a not quite so scary for the kid's skeleton, yes. as opposed to, you know, the, a corpse. Well, but, yeah, let me tell anyway. you something that might be a little scary to some people. Okay, I loved the whole fight between Jack-Jack and the raccoon. I mean, I was just going to say oh, that that was a great fight. Yeah. A great fight, but damn, that, uh, yeah, rac- no, that raccoon yeah. was trying to kill the baby. That is a bold move on Pixar's part. Yeah, there's a reason why this movie was PG and not a G-rated movie. I mean, it was <laughs> it was intense. That fight was great because all the different parts. I love every single one of Jack Jack's powers. I mean, every time Jack started to go off, I was just like, yes, more baby powers, woohoo! I mean, <laughs> oh, and here's the thing, um, continuity thing though. Because Helen was saying, she's like, I miss Jack-Jack's first powers. And everybody seems all surprised that he has powers. Didn't they see that he had powers in the I, first movie? I don't think they did. I really don't think they saw that at all. They were looking at it. They were looking at Syndrome, who was trying to fly away. So they couldn't actually see very well what was going on, why Syndrome would be getting so freaked out and dropped the baby. Okay, all right. Because I knew that they had no idea what had gone on with Kari, the babysitter. I knew that was completely outside. I'm going to have to go back, not that I need an excuse to go back and watch the first Incredibles movie again, but I'm going to have to watch it again because I'm sitting there the whole time going, I could have sworn somebody made some comment about Jack-Jack having powers in the first movie, but I could be wrong. It's interesting, though. Decker, the one who mind wipes people, he would have heard the whole story about Jack-Jack and all the powers and everything. And true. if Mr. and Mrs. Incredible and the rest of the family didn't know about it because he didn't tell them. That's an interesting wrinkle there. I hadn't even thought about that. I hadn't thought about that until now. Maybe he just assumed they had to know. I mean, how could you not know? You know, it's just, oh my gosh, an Edna Mode. I love every scene with Edna Mode. I just, I adore it. (laughs) The way they animate her face is always so wonderful, especially when she had all of her security hooked up to be tripped by Jack-Jack instead of herself. She turns around with this grin (laughs) Oh, God. Love all of that. Um, I love Frozone's powers. I think Frozone with flinging the ice around, he is so badass. He is. I mean, the amount of ice that he was producing at the end to keep the boat from actually crashing into the uh, side of the city. That was really impressive. I mean mega levels of power there. I I think he could possibly be his own series at some point. Wouldn't that be cool? It would be awesome. The Adventures of Frozen. Oh, man. Maybe it's also because he wasn't pulling water out of the air. He gets more power because he's in the ocean. So he can make ice out of like, you know, the water that's already there. But still, I mean, just when I saw him, he like sort of flings himself and pushes himself back by, you know, generating all this ice, ice, ice. And then I see I'm like, oh my God, he's building more ice than the building. You know, it's just... (laughs) Well, of course, the way they had uh, Samuel Jackson's voice combined with his face. I mean, especially the first time that he sees Jack-Jack in the what the... (laughs) Oh, yes. I saw that in the trailer. I knew that was going to be amazing. Just so... (laughs) Every time he's around... 
I loved the um, when he uh, gets to the house when the kids had called him and the bad guys show up and they call the car in and he's just shouting orders at the car because he's familiar with the Incredimobile or uh, the Incredibile, I guess it I was think called. It might have been Incredibile, I think. But. Yeah, he'd worked with Mr. Fantastic a lot, so he already knew all about the car and was shouting orders at the car and doing the voice recognition. I'm like, oh, so exciting, just really. And then they got the glasses on. I'm like, no! <laughs> just well, especially when the kids had to shout their voice recognition thing, and the Incredibile <laughs> takes their pictures, they're doing it, and their faces are like, ah! <laughs> oh, God, man, it just really that there was so many intense moments going on, and they pointed out, okay, like I said in IMDb trivia, they pointed out that when Elastigirl, the first time she's trying to track down where she thinks. Um, what is it, um, Screen Slaver is when it turns out to be the decoy. But here she is moving through the city and it's just all this intricate stuff and going over buildings and everything. And it pointed out that it was kind of doing what a lot of technology does. It was distracting you from the fact that Screen Slaver was spelling out all the motivations in the entire speech at that moment, if you go back and listen to the speech. But you were so distracted by watching what this superpowered being was doing. So that's another thing that Screen Slaver was like, they're a distraction. Distraction, you know, um, that was very, very cool. But all of those times, anytime they were using their powers, they they were just so carefully animated. All their powers to be like almost realistic in what they were doing. Well, and they were in. They introduced the character Screech, and he's this very timid, very genteel person. And then you got the goggles on him, and that was when they choose to reveal that his head turns around, like, you know, almost 180 degrees the way an owl does. Yes. Oh, yes. That yes. was really impressive. And just the way he stalks forward, they must have studied raptors and how they move to get that mm. movement to make it look that intimidating. Yeah, I heard that reflux, Lisa said in the trivia, so reflux, of course, belches all this, like, hot lava stuff and could technically be gross. They couldn't figure out a way how to make him kind of cute and everything so they studied frogs and that's what they based his animation on to make him look more frog-like and i'm like it worked i wasn't grossed out by him yeah i mean that could have that could have been pretty repulsive i mean you could obviously tell when people are trying to fight the lava from flooding over them that they're grossed out in addition to being scared <laughs> oh so you've got um uh crusher or crushar however you say his name he was the one who was just like what does everybody ever ask you to unpunch something how would you do that you know i liked how they did his voice that's Phil Lamar, and anybody who knows voice acting knows way more than me that this guy has done so many voices. I mean, you just like go to his IMDb page and start scrolling through. You could scroll like seven or eight times, and you're still not even through all the stuff that he's done since the 2000s. You know, he's just done a ton. But where we know him from, he played Marvin on Pulp Fiction. He's the guy who gets shot in the face. So. Oh. Oh, no. yes. oh wow! Yeah. Oh man, I didn't. I don't think I'd ever thought to look up Marvin, the mm-hmm. actor, the actor who played him, to see what else he had oh, done. Yeah, he's done a lot of voice work, but man, that's why I will always remember him in that. Holy cow! God, I remember watching that with Nathan, and both of us just like, oh, I can't <laughs> believe we're laughing at this. This is terrible. I know. I remember. I watched it with Jada in the theater a couple years ago when it came back to the midnight movie, and I don't know if there were people who had never seen it before or if it's just really intense on the screen but the audience in the theater just lost their minds at that moment it's just like what the (laughs) hell just happened it was great but yeah i'm glad he's still got a really good i mean seriously go look up his imdb credits at some point that guy's done a lot he even did the voice of electrics 
which was the electrical powered guy who was also very badass when he was coming into the house. No kidding. He did both of their voices. Yeah, according to IMDb. Yeah. So I, I sat down and looked at the quotes and the trivia the entire time. And it took me a while to even get around to the actors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't remember anything else. The trivia went on for a while. I love the IMDb trivia until it gets to the point where it's like, this is the eighth Disney movie and the fourth Pixar movie where a female protagonist whose name starts with E is introduced in the second act. I'm like, nah, next. I'm <laughs> bored. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it takes some real love of the whole genre to go to that level of detail. And a lot of I them think. do. Apparently, there was a big outcry because the first movie was The Incredibles, but this movie was Incredibles 2. And there were a lot of diehard fans who were very unhappy about losing the The. And I'm like, Seriously? <laughs> apparently that was really that was a thing. People got upset about that. Yeah, apparently that was <laughs> a thing. I mean, how many years were there in between the the Incredibles and Incredibles 2? I don't they, they apparently I believe once again trivia, this was the longest wait in between sequels. I mean, they had a huge wait in between Monsters University and Monsters Inc., a huge wait in between Finding Nemo and uh, Finding Dory. A huge wait in between Toy Story 2 and 3, but I think this one beat it. And I think it's 14 years, but I could be wrong. And I seem to remember on the trivia they pointed out that it's it's not an equal amount of time passing uh, in the actual storyline the way it was, you know, closer to in a lot of the other movies. It was like maybe like 10 seconds after the yes. first one ended that this one started. None of the other yes. ones have done it that qu- closely, I don't think. I was I was blown away. I was like, oh, we're starting. I mean, I thought <laughs> we were going to have some kind of like little thing. But, um, you know, and I think the only thing that I didn't like, and it's fairly minor, it's not like I hated it, but... Um, Violet was really annoying for the whole movie. She was so, but she was a teenager. She's like right, right in that teenage years. The look of rage on her face when she was <laughs> renouncing her superpowers and she was trying to destroy her costume and the costume just couldn't be ripped or destroyed in any way. <laughs> I just love the arms of the costume flapping around as she's trying to throw it down the garbage disposal. Flap, 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 flap. Just really, I loved all the decor in the movie the 60s vibe that they've got going on is so yes I, oh that house oh, i want that goodness. house oh my oh, goodness wow. especially with a waterfall inside the house but the, once again imdb trivia they pointed out that the house used to be owned by an eccentric billionaire who wanted to come and go without being observed so there were a lot of hidden uh, entrances and exits batman Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And especially Batman really getting into its heyday in the 60s. They said that was probably a point at that. Also, they pointed out that, you know, he was complaining about the math, like, why did they change the math and everything? It's so interesting that in the 60s was when they brought out the new math, which was a new way of teaching math, and everyone hated it, and they did away with it. But nowadays, we've got this common core math which I took a peek at at one point, and I'm like, I don't understand what they're trying to teach people with that. So Okay, now that's an interesting segue, because once I read that trivia bit, I actually started looking up, you know, why is Common Core different? All right, now, I don't exactly know what went into the new math. I know it's not being taught anymore. Everybody hated it. And Common Core has to do, I should probably put a link on this podcast to the article I found about it, but apparently... The way we do math nowadays, it definitely teaches you how to do the basics, but you are memorizing rote formulas. Once you get up into algebra, a lot of students hit a wall because they understand the formulas, but they don't understand 
all the numbers are in fact made up of other numbers and how they all interact with each other. Common Core is supposed to force you to actually see the numbers. So that's why you're adding up hundreds and how many less from a hundred to make this. And then you add all those up. You are really digging into how the numbers interact. And because apparently we've got a little bit of a problem with kids not going on to higher levels of math because they just simply don't get it. And I'm one of them. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, we, we did. We got up to trigonometry, I think, in college. Yeah. And I don't remember any of that. I no. Mean, I, trigonometry, doesn't that involve imaginary numbers? I actually think that that starts in calculus, because I don't think we got into imaginary numbers. I remember oh, that. I remember I, I did just... okay in algebra. I did better in geometry, because geometry involves things that you can see. I can see yep. how, like, a height and a width and a diameter and all that kind of stuff. I can see, and it also had proofs, which I liked. It's like, you oh, know, proofs were fun. Yeah, those were that. Cool. Once, once you actually memorize a number of proofs, those are yeah. great. That's where, if this equals this and this equals that, that means this equals this. I'm like, I can see that, but you start getting into imaginary numbers and yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I always say I'm bad at math. I don't know that I'm bad at math. I'm just been too bored to really learn it. So I, I feel like I learned a lot more about decimal points and percentages and fractions and all of that. Once I started working at a job that paid by the hour and I'd get really bored and start calculating, okay, well, I have to earn, you know, work this many more hours in order to earn this much money, but you got to minus a quarter for taxes. And yeah. just, I, I got a lot better after that. Yeah, we definitely figure out what percentage percentages are when we figure out how much the government's going to take away of it. So yeah, exactly. And how much longer do I have to work to make up for that? <laughs> exactly. Uh, God, segue. Anyway, back to Incredibles 2. Um, I thought it was interesting that the kid who played Dash, he didn't come back for this movie. And I was afraid that there had been like some falling out, some contractual thing, something awful happened. No, he hit puberty and his voice changed. And so he couldn't do the role anymore. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) which is odd because, okay, so the actress who played Violet was the same person. Mm -hmm. Her voice sounded so much different from what I was expecting when she started talking. And I never actually noticed that Dash's voice was different. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, probably because there have actually been however many years it was since the first one came out, 14 years or whatever. And so even though we women don't have as much to worry about that whole voice is changing, it's going to change some. So, yeah, yeah, a bit. I did really, really love the scene in the beginning of the movie when she's chasing after the monorail on the motorcycle. Uh, the whole motorcycle oh, scene. That oh, was that was great. amazing. And also watching her just so gleefully taking that motorcycle out. That was just awesome. It was and and the little wave that she gives to the people when they notice that it's Elastigirl riding her bike next to them. Exactly. So pleasing. Yes. God, the animation level in this movie, not only was it just like so seamless and beautifully done, but little things like her hair in the wind and everything. I mean, we just, we don't really think about that. We're like, oh yeah, her hair's all blowing in the wind. I'm like, my God, a computer program had to come up with an algorithm to get her hair blowing in the wind like that. It's crazy. I can only barely understand the amount of effort it takes to do 2D animation. I yeah. can't even fathom what goes into doing beautiful CGI like this. Which brings me to a segue. Mm. I started watching another movie. I started watching Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets the other day. Oh, yeah. You know, I feel like we may have started talking about this on a podcast like six months ago, I think. Just a little bit. You you actually have seen the movie all the way through, right? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Okay. Yeah, so I haven't gotten very far, but... 
the beginning bit talking about the Alpha uh, space station and then that entire thing with that whole beautiful, you know, tropical world with yes. all these avatar-like aliens and the glowing pearls. And I actually got choked up, you know, with the bit with the princess, you know, and the explosion and all of that stuff. And then it goes to the two main characters. And honestly, it was like crashing into a wall at 80 miles an hour. Yeah, And yeah. I think... Part of it is I just, the the guy doesn't work for me. Doesn't work for me at all. I don't no. know why. Yeah. But, and part of it might have been the writing and the Foley artist might have been. I mean, just the everything seemed very wooden sounding and everything. Yeah. But I got to think part of the problem is you have, you introduce that much CGI and effects and splashy, gorgeous level of details. And then you're like, and these are the two human characters that we'll be focusing the entire movie on. Yeah. I don't think it works. And that running into a wall at 80 miles an hour keeps happening in the movie. Did you get really? to the the market planet? I can't remember. No, what it was actually, I've been, I've been, I read the whole because I mean, I decided, all right, I'm not seriously into this. I'm just going to read the wiki article and find out what happens. Um, but I found out that there was going to be a market scene. And I am kind of curious about seeing that. Yeah, you need to watch at least for that. I mean, just the animation and the CGI that goes on there, all the things that happen. And I love an alien marketplace. I really do. I do too. Well, I love yeah. any kind of like fantasy marketplace, sci-fi oh. marketplace, all of it works. Just this big collection of various peoples and their stuff. Oh, yeah. And this scene does not disappoint. It's pretty <laughs> oh, awesome. Wow. Okay, so, cool. But it's all the CGI, so it's beautiful. But then a little bit later, we get back on this plan of the ship and the two main characters. And then there's this like kind of pseudo, pseudo sort of romance in between them, but not. And I don't, they've got this boss whose name I can't remember. He's an actor that you've seen before. Wooden is a good way of putting it. And I, I don't, I don't want to blame the actors. I'm not sure that they're the strongest actors on the face of the planet, but I do think it's the writing and the direction of them. It just didn't... I think maybe the director was better at working with all the CGI stuff, because it does take a director to to do that, to make that kind of... Like, you don't just set the animators free and be like, here, make a scene. You have to have a director who says, this is what happens, this is when it happens, this is how it happens. That's very important. They may just not be as good at dealing with real, honest-to-God people. People, so I don't well, know. I've read a few reviews of the movie, and a lot of people have pointed out that the director based this on a graphic novel series that he read while he was growing up, and that you could see in every single frame how much he loved this series. Yes, and this was someone who was obviously enjoying himself and really wanted to convey all the wonder of this series. But one of my favorite reviews for this movie summed it up as. As beautiful as anything this director has created, and as empty as a Trump tweet. Oh, wow. That's harsh. <laughs> that's yeah, really, a, really, really yeah. harsh. No, they're not wrong. And you know what? I tried to read some of one of the graphic novels. Yeah? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not always into a lot of the retro graphic novels, so that's part of it. But it's it's just not a style that I'm very interested in, you know? I don't, I think I even got like a free copy of a graphic novel on comiXology at one point and it just didn't do anything for me. I mean, I, I actually enjoyed watching the movie more than I was enjoying that comic book, which is oh, not, dear. not good. That's not <laughs> yeah. right, but no. It is awfully pretty though, man. I, oh, I have boy. no problems with the visuals in that movie. It is just friggin' gorgeous. It's just the story doesn't go anywhere. Oh, and I also 
finished watching the final episode of the second to the last season of The Vampire Diaries. So now only got 22 episodes left. Ooh, okay. So what happened in that episode? I'm trying to remember. Ah, they had to break into the armory to kill something to free Bonnie from becoming this, you know, vampire slayer character, whatever. That's right. Uh, But it possessed both Damon and Enzo, and uh, they've now disappeared. And the entire time I was watching the final episode, I was like, uh, and then he dies. And then he dies. And then she dies. And then Alaric dies. Don't you kill the kids. (laughs) So I was surprised that it wasn't a higher body count than it was. Yeah, no. Man, you're getting close. Phew, because I just recently rewatched that entire final season. So I don't know. <laughs> By the time you get to the end, I may watch it again. It does actually bear watching. It really, it's. I'm enjoying it's it. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm watching all the way through because there, there are so many cool little moments. I'll tell you what I'm watching right now. It is my something to play in the background while I'm working on projects because I always mm-hmm. have to have one of those. I actually put on Gotham. Did you ever watch any of that series? Not an episode. Nope. It's interesting. It's not great. Like, I don't know, some of the actors are really chewing the scenery pretty hard, and the writing is sometimes a little basic. Um, But some of the acting is very good, and the cinematography is beautiful. I think they shoot scenes wonderfully. As uh, something to put on in the background, you know what? It ain't bad. I'm actually enjoying it. I'm all the way to the second season. I have just about hit the spot where I stopped watching originally, but I'm... I'm not sure how much further I'm going to be able to continue at that point. Where I stopped, spoilers, at one point, Alfred, who is played differently from Alfred than you've seen him in any other Batman story, and I really do like him at one point, but he runs into Selina, who has done some really terrible things. She's just a kid at this point, but she has done some really terrible things, and he's talking to her at one point, and he seriously backhands her across the mouth. And I'm like, it's not... Just that it was a woman, which I understand. You know, I I don't think it's fair to say you shouldn't hit women. You probably really shouldn't be hitting anybody, honestly. She's a kid. And she's, I mean, I think in real life she's probably in her 20s. But she's playing somebody who's supposed to be like maybe 16 or 17. And it was Alfred doing it. And I was like, ah, you lost me a bit. So I'm curious to see when I hit that wall again, if I'm going to continue after that point. We'll see. Well, I should probably try to give some of the DC franchises a try, seeing as how Netflix is canceling all their Marvel TV shows. Damn. Right? Seriously, everybody's dropped. They haven't made an official announcement about Jessica Jones yet, have they? No. And uh, I think Punisher might still be on. Okay, all right. And then we've got whatever the project is. (laughs) It's been a week since we recorded that episode. I still haven't looked up what that other project was. They're going to be back. The actors are going to be doing something in the Marvel Universe on Netflix, just not the individual shows, which maybe that's all they needed, you know, a couple seasons to get everybody all established, and now they've got their own backstories taken care of, and they're moving to a new thing. I'm sure that's the reason why it was, and not the fact that some of the episodes have been kind of lackluster lately. You know, it's right. Mm -hmm. Maybe, but I do like the whole Netflix, uh, just having 10 to 13 episodes. Fine. Let's just yes. let's just do that. I mean, it's still kind of ridiculous for me to think that I've only got one season left of The Vampire Diaries, and it's 22 episodes. I'm wondering right? how much longer is that going to be a thing? Because nowadays... How many people are watching episodes as they're airing? I mean, with when you have seasons where you actually have to try to keep everybody's attention for an entire year's worth of story, that made sense. But now everybody binges stuff. So yeah. I'm wondering. It's, it's I'm, Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, God, The Walking Dead, I think that's like 13 episodes a season. So and that's 
mm, technically cable, but it's not like HBO type cable. It's you know um, AMC. Uh, AMC. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, which is that's still still cable, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet you a lot of people still binge it though, instead of watching yeah, no. it, uh, episode by episode. Yeah, I'm sure they do, definitely. Which is, I, I worry about that sometimes because you've got with graphic novels, there's a lot of people like myself who waits until an entire arc is finished in a comic book series and then I buy the graphic novels. And I think it was actually Peter David who was mentioning that. He said a lot of people do that, despite the fact that that's the way books get canceled mm-hmm. because nobody was buying the issues. So it's like, eh, it's still kind of important. But I, I'm still out here buying the issues. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm buying the issues on Comixology for a lot of stuff. Not everything. But, you know, at time of this recording, Aquaman is about to be released and somebody wanted to know if I was going to see it. I'm like, I'm going to wait until after the first weekend if people love it as much as Wonder Woman, I'm in. If they hate it as much as Justice League, I'm out. So that is... <laughs> well, that's that's a good yardstick, I think, to mm-hmm. use. Yeah, and I know that that kind of hurts their opening week numbers, but I'm sorry, DC, you guys have not had a great track record with your movies lately, so no. I want to wait on that. <laughs> lately? <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I think that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out PixLadyGeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. Um, You know, at holiday season, at the time this episode drops, we are about ready to go into Christmas. It's so weird being a week ahead of time because I'm trying to think of... I know. I can't get used to this. I know. Where are we now? What is going to be... In case anybody's wondering why we're talking about stuff that's obviously a week old, we were talking about it timely at the time, just didn't release it. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know what we're doing for the holidays. We may do some kind of joint recording with Hannah, hopefully, talking a little bit about um, Haunting a Pill House. Have you finished that yet? No, still got two episodes left. I sat down and rewatched uh, episode six, specifically because I want to make these last two episodes last as long as possible. Right, exactly. I'm really curious to see what you think about the last two episodes. So that'll Me be, too. Yeah, we'll probably record that. We've got a Welcome to Night Vale episode coming out at some point because of, um, what is it, Winter Halloween? (laughs) (laughs) I think so. Something like that. (laughs) So so I'm sure we will talk to everybody about something, but I hope everybody has a happy holidays if you are celebrating Christmas or um, whatever holiday that is important to you that you happen to be celebrating. Yes, Merry Christmas to all, and I hope you enjoy the music that we picked for the end of this because it's something that we discovered, like, I think beginning of this year and we were like that's gonna have to go on an episode sometime yeah i have been waiting it's just it's really fun why was the reason why you had picked it originally i can't even remember i don't it just it popped up somewhere i think on free music archive uh in the techno genre something like that and i just listened to it and i'm like this is so ridiculously appealing and i don't know why i know it is good so please enjoy this song and your holidays and we will talk to everybody in one week merry merry talk to y'all later I always watch out. I can't help but cry. I'm gonna go pout, and I'm telling you why. Santa Claus ain't coming to Mars. Santa Claus ain't coming to Mars. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Santa Claus ain't coming. Santa Claus ain't coming. Live in a 
sorry to shout, but I'm telling you why. Santa Claus ain't coming to Mars. No, Santa Claus ain't coming to Mars. Mars. <laughs> 